It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey, everyone. That time again. Hope you're doing great. Matt Hausman here. And as I am recording this, uh, Thanksgiving is a little over two weeks away. The midterms were held yesterday. Some might be not so happy. Many, I think, are surprised. But I have been getting this question leading up to the midterms, which, when we consider what the market has done this last year, which has not been great, as we all know, what's going to happen now. And even as I'm talking right now, the market is having mixed signals because still with many of the races, they have not been declared. So, and you know, you know the reality is many of you know, I don't try and predict what the market is going to do. Uh, but I think right now what the market is reflecting is the uncertainty on which direction you know, who's going to be in control? What kind of monetary policies are we going to have? What kind of, you know, new rules, regs, all of that will be determined once we know the direction that the House and the Senate are going. So as of right now, as I'm recording this, I think we're just going to have to wait. But one of the things I wanted to go over today, because there has finally been some clarification from the IRS as it relates, this came out last month as they are interpreting the SECURE Act rule regarding non or actually inherited IRAs that were inherited after 2000 or from 2020 and beyond they've given a, given us some clarification on this they have also given us some relief so i'm going to go over that today uh, we have had clients that are in the situation that have inherited these accounts within the last couple of years. But it's also important for you as an owner of an IRA, a 401k, 403b, what have you, a qualified retirement account. And the new rule is reflective whether it is or is current, whether it is a pre-tax IRA, 401k, 403b, or a Roth IRA, 401k, 403b. So I'm going to go over that today. It's very important that you understand it if you come into this situation. It's also important that your heirs understand. I always tell clients, listen, you don't got to tell them how much money's there, but it's important for them to know the tax bucket that they're in and what the requirements are when they go to inherit it. So before we do that today, let's make sure we deal with the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have 
a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so what happened with the SECURE Act or the initial understanding by CPAs, tax attorneys, financial advisors, etc., was that the stretch IRA as we knew it before 2020 was somebody could inherit an IRA, and this is a non-spouse, they could inherit an IRA, they could still stretch it out over their lifetime, there was minimum distribution requirements, blah, 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 blah. Now, what the SECURE Act did was said, wait a second, now what's going to happen is that if you're a non-spouse, you are not a minor child, you are not disabled, you are not chronically ill, now there is what we are looking at as what is called the 10-year rule. And what that means is, is that the way the law was written was that now you have 10 years from the date that you have inherited it, which is really based on the original owner's date of death. You have 10 years to have all of that money out of that account. And if you don't have it done by the end of that 10th year, we're going to impose the 50% penalty that goes along with even your own IRA and not taking an RMD. So the way most, again, CPAs, tax attorneys, financial advisors, the way we understood that was, hey, listen, that means the minimum distribution rules are gone for this account. Now you get to decide how much you want to take, when you want to take. You just know that at the end of the 10 years, it all has to be gone. So that, that could create a lot of flexibility for when people are deciding to take those monies out, especially if it's all pre-tax, which most of it is, then it's going to be taxable. You know, if they're still in their high earning years and they can delay it five, six years, maybe before they look to go part-time or even retire, then they're going to pay less tax at that time. The IRS, if you can believe it, this law went into effect January 1, 2020. They didn't actually make a ruling, I don't believe, until the first quarter of 21. They said, whoa, 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 wait a second here. We're not looking at it that way. We think that there also should be a minimum distribution requirement during the 10 years. So now, those people that inherited those IRAs, we have to not only take the RMD every year, but we also still have to be mindful of the 10-year rule. Then they came back. There was little juggling back and forth. It was unclear as to were those minimum distributions actually required? Was that really the interpretation of the law? They finally came out and they said, yes, it is. But because we have taken so long, this literally happened in October of last or last month. They finally came out and said, listen, we understand that we created confusion. And so now we're giving clarity. We will give forgiveness if you did not take a minimum distribution in 21 and 22, you are not responsible for the 50% penalty if you did not take an RMD in 21 and 22. The new rule will go into effect in 2023. The 10-year rule is still there, but at least they've given some clarification on the requirements for when these accounts are inherited. Again, this does not apply to a spouse. This does not apply to minor children, disabled, chronically ill, or even certain trusts as they are written. I will tell you this. 
If it's a spouse and you inherit, you know, your spouse's IRA, that's a real simple process. If you get into these other situations, my recommendation, you are working with a CPA, a financial advisor. If it's a trust, you are working with a financial advisor and an estate attorney. The trust is going to already have to be written in a certain way to make sure that there are other rules related to those type of inherited IRAs. But for everybody else, which for the most part is going to be your heirs, they need to be mindful of how this money has to be inherited. It's a very specific process. I say this a lot to our clients. It's important, again, for your heirs to understand. Most of the time, this is kids, maybe nieces, nephews, what have you. It's important for them to understand the type of money they are inheriting because with IRA money that is non-spousal inherited, There is a specific process that they have to go through for the money to pass to them, not be a taxable event. Now the minimum distribution rules will go into effect. The 10-year rule goes into effect and everything. If they don't do it a specific way, and mainly the account has to be titled correctly, they cannot commingle these funds with their own IRA or their own 401k. Please hear me. There is no do-over. In the event, let's say, hey, listen, go ahead and send, you know, mom's IRA, send it over to my 401k. Boom. It's all taxable right then. Now you also have a mess because you have after-tax money sitting inside your 401k. So again, it's very important for them to realize the type of money, what tax bucket is it sitting in and how to inherit it. This also goes for Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, Roth 403bs, what have you. When that money comes in, the Roth money is now also subject to a minimum distribution. It's also got the 10-year rule. The main difference between the pre-tax and the Roth money is obviously when they're taking out the pre-tax money, this is going to be taxable to them. So it's going to go on top of all of their other income. With the Roth, those requirements are still there, but it's obviously a non-taxable event. So again, they finally gave us clarity. It's important for you to understand it in the event you come into a situation where you are inheriting an IRA, not from your spouse, and how that process goes. By the way, if you do inherit the IRA from a spouse, that's a completely different process on how you now bring that into your name. So again, they have, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, do we, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Do you really want another 87,000 people trying to interpret this rule when it took them two years to finally figure out what the SECURE Act really was? So again, I can't stress this enough because unfortunately we have seen people that have made mistakes. They did not understand how that money needed to come to them. And uh, unfortunately, in the worst case scenarios we've seen, they have had to get on payment plans with the IRS to pay the tax that they were unaware was going to be due and payable. I actually just met with someone yesterday that that was the situation. So we finally have some clarity. That's moving forward. Again, minimum distributions will be subject to the 50% penalty for non-spousal inherited IRAs beginning in 2023. Now, let me also speak with what happened with the SECURE Act, because I know it's been out there for a couple years now, but many people are still, they still think that if they own their own IRAs or 401ks, that the uh, minimum distribution age is 70 and a half. That is not the case now. What happened with the SECURE Act is they moved that minimum distribution to the age of 72. Now, 
our recommendation is when you turn 72 in that tax year, you want to start your minimum distributions. You can delay to when you file your taxes the following year, but you want to keep in mind, you're going to have to take two RMDs in that year. And many times that is not a good position to be from a tax perspective. You're going to be increasing potentially drastically increasing your tax cost on those distributions along with possibly increasing your Medicare cost for Part B and Part D depending on where your uh, you know how high your other income is. The other thing that happened with the Secure Act that went into effect is if you are in the position where maybe you don't need the RMD distribution and you do not want it to be counted in your taxable income, along with your cost of Medicare. Keep in mind the charitable minimum distribution rules are still into effect. Again, with this, let's say that I'm gonna, I want to donate money to my church. I've committed money to my church. If I'm of minimum distribution age, I then can have that money go directly to the church. Now, this is important, is that it has to go directly from the custodian to the organization, So whether that's the SPCA, the American Red Cross, um, your church, it has to go directly there to them. And what happens, and you get to go up to your uh, minimum distribution amount. If my minimum distribution, let's say in one year, is uh, $28,000, I can go up to that $28,000, donate that directly. And you can, by the way, you can do this to multiple charities should you want to. You can go up to that. That $28,000 does not become taxable income to you. It also does not go into the calculation of your Medicare premium cost or what's called your uh, provisional income or your modified adjusted gross income. This is important to understand because in the event you actually take the money, you take constructive receipt of the money. Let's say you, you know, the, that $28,000, I took it and then I wrote checks out to the different charities. That is not the same as a charitable minimum distribution. Now that income is taxable. It is going to go direct. It's reportable and taxable. It's going to go directly into your Medicare calculation for how much you're going to pay. And you will be able to potentially write all of it off on your Schedule A, or I believe now it's called a Schedule 1, in your itemized deductions. But the real benefit, if you were going to do that anyway, is to send it out and not even have it counted in that calculation. The other thing to be aware of is that in the event you do do that, when you come to minimum distribution age, you no longer can use your minimum distribution as a Roth conversion. The money has to come out, has to be taxable, and it goes into all of those different calculations I just met. Now, in the event you do want to donate to charity, Whatever you donate to charity that is helping you satisfy the minimum distribution requirement, I'm going to use the example again. Let's go all the way to the $28,000. I send that $28,000 to my church. It's not taxable. Now, I can convert whatever I want, and that $28,000 didn't go into that calculation that I had. Now, let's say I'm going to convert fifty grand. The $50,000 is still taxable, but that first $28,000 doesn't go into the cost of all of my other income. So potentially, I am looking at not having an event where I have increased my tax cost on the conversion and increased the tax cost on my Medicare. So 
and by the so obviously in the event you are looking to do that, I highly encourage you to be working with a financial professional and a CPA to make sure that those processes are done correctly so you don't run into problems when you go to file your taxes later. But again, one of the things that going back, the SECURE Act actually extended the minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72. I've talked about this before. This is still out there. Don't know if it gets passed by the end of the year, but it has been in and out of, uh, it's been out of subcommittee, quite frankly, what they're calling the SECURE Act 2.0. It addresses some other aspects of qualified retirement accounts and how much you can contribute and employers can contribute. But one of the things it's looking to do also is extend the minimum distribution age from the 72 it is now to 75, potentially over a 10-year period of time, which will be determined based on your uh, year of birth. Um, We haven't seen that yet, but I know that it was um, the Senate and the Congress, even over the past two years, have been going back and forth with the various versions. So there is the possibility we get that done by the end of the year. So my understanding and what I've seen, it's not going to change this RMD rule for non-spousal inherited IRAs and the 10-year rule for having all of the monies distributed out of that account. So I wanted to get that out there again. This just came out from the IRS done last month. Uh, you can Google this. There'll be, there's multiple. I might even include a couple on the uh, on the website page so you can go read the different articles that spoke about this. But um, we finally have some clarification. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I don't know if I'll be talking to you before Thanksgiving. If not, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. That's my favorite holiday of the year. Guaranteed four days off, lots of football. Actually, what is it? Football, basketball, hockey. We got it all going on, pro and college. So listen, everyone, if you have a uh, question or scenario that you would like for us to deal with, just email us, info at smartmoneyquestions.com or go to smartmoneyquestions.com, ask Matt a question. If you'd like to speak with me personally, reach out, speakwithmatt.com, schedule a time to talk. That's my online calendar. More than happy to do that. Listen, everybody, talk soon. Take care.